Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's welcome today's guest, Jarmaine Hammond. How are you? I'm great, and I'm excited to be here talking about sponsorship with you. (laughs) Thank you. You mentioned sponsorships. How did you get involved in sponsorships? That's an area that our listeners are dying to know more about. Well, you know, years ago, I worked uh, in nonprofit organizations. So my job as an executive director was actually getting sponsorship for the organization. And then I changed career paths. Then I ended up on the other side of the sponsorship table as the uh, provider of sponsorship and grants. So I was in the position of making decisions on who got the $2.5 million a year that I had to give away through grants and sponsorship. And And then when I opened my own business, I combined those two experiences and have been weaving sponsorship into everything I do for the last 25 years. Well, fantastic. Now, our listeners are speakers, authors, coaches, consultants who have books and courses and speaking engagements, or before COVID, they had speaking engagements, sometimes with very large audiences, and some of them do have podcasts. So tell us. Who is a good candidate for a sponsorship? And we'll dive deeper as we can uh, for other questions that I know will logically stem from there. So who realistically should be looking for sponsorships? Well, all of the all of the folks that you just mentioned, Dan, authors and speakers and podcast hosts, event organizers, people who have products, all of those individuals and brands can actually be suitable for sponsorship. The really important question to always ask yourself is who wants access to the audience I serve? If you're a speaker, what kind of businesses would want access to the audiences that you are in front of? virtually and in person. For authors, who are your readers? Who are the organizations or groups that you are in front of and that have an attraction to your book? And then you want to find the businesses that are interested in your audience. And I know a lot of it may come down to size of audience. So uh, what, what number is a good number That's a great question. And I used to think years ago when I started bringing in sponsorship into my book tours and book launches and speaking engagements, I used to be worried that my my, uh, platforms on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, they weren't huge. You know, I didn't have 10 million people. I didn't even have a million people. In fact, I had 987 people on one of my Facebook pages that I ended up getting the most sponsorship for a project, which is through my Million Acts of Kindness tour. And every sponsor told me, Charmaine, it's not necessarily about the size of your audience. It's the engagement of your audience and the fact that it's an audience that we're interested in getting in front of. So for all of you that might be building your platform and your social footprint, The good news is, is you want to focus on getting people engaged, liking your posts, sharing your posts, um, you know, participating in dialogue on your posts, because sponsors are pretty savvy. And when they check out our social media, 
when they see that every post that you put out is not liked or commented or shared, it's just a post and nothing happens with it, um, they wonder, was that a social media platform where you purchased followers or is this in more organic? So I would be less concerned about the number and more concerned about getting people engaged on your post because a sponsor is looking at our social footprint to say, wow, you know, that individual, that author has a lot of likes and shares and comments and retweets. Imagine if we were their sponsor, maybe we would get some likes or comments or retweets or engagement. Fantastic. So it's not necessarily about the numbers. It's about the numbers of the right people and the engagement. Exactly. Now, what does a podcast host or a speaker have to give in return for a sponsorship? That given return is the magic question. That's the one we all want the answer for. And I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. It's, it's what the sponsor tells us they want. This is the missing piece in sponsorship. A lot of times, authors, speakers, coaches, podcast hosts, event organizers, uh, when we approach sponsors, we tell them we can do this for you and we'll put your logo here and we'll promote you here. And a lot of times that ends up in a no, because we have not taken the time to ask the sponsor, what would be meaningful for you? And I'll just share a story. When I was doing my Million Acts of Kindness tour, we had a sponsored motorhome, a 32-foot motorhome that was sponsored. And we traveled across North America promoting uh, my three books at the time. And I was telling all the sponsors, you know, we'll put your logo on the motorhome and we'll market you this way. One of the sponsors said, Charmaine, because I was talking about how many people would see this, their logo and website on the motorhome. And he said, that has zero value to me. That's lovely that you want to put your logo, my logo there, but it has zero value. And I said, really help me understand that. And he said, well, when you're driving, do you look at the motorhome next to you in the, (laughs) on the lane and say, wow, I should go look up that logo. I'm going to just punch that address right in while I'm driving. He said, nobody buys that way. And our logo doesn't say what we do. He said, what would have value to me is to be able to participate in your events and provide my products to your attendees as gifts and giveaways. We would like to hold contests for you and we'll give you really juicy prizes. We'll sponsor your books to go into the school. That will have value. So the key when you ask that magic question, Dan, what are what are we looking to give them in return? We need to build relationships with sponsors and ask that question. What would be meaningful for you? How would you like to be re- your brand recognized through this collaboration that we work on together? And that's going to help you stand out against every other sponsor seeker that's knocking on that door to ask for something. That's great advice. How would you suggest someone approach a sponsor? Do they do it through email, a traditional mail, a FedEx package with their book, or a million toys? Uh, what works? Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm liking that innovation, Dan, when you talked about a FedEx package with a book. I mean, you've raised something really important is creativity and authenticity. So when we talk about approaching a sponsor, a couple things to know is that a person who works in the sponsorship decision making department in a business, they're generally falling under the marketing arm. So the sponsorship dollars are coming out of a company's marketing budget. 
and they're deciding, you know, whether to do Facebook ads or print marketing or sponsorship and, and any other media. And so with sponsorship, these individuals are answering phone calls, emails, voicemail messages, and reading proposals all day long, five days a week. One of my sponsors says she gets on average 20 voicemails a day to return and about 400 proposals a year. And they can probably approve several of them. And so when you talk about approaching a sponsor, we first of all want to do our research, know something about the sponsor, find those common connections with the person you're connecting with. Maybe they went to high school um, in a place that you used to live. Maybe they have a dog and you have a dog. Uh, so <laughs> maybe they put a blog about a book that you love. Find some points of synergy, first of all. And I would recommend you use LinkedIn to connect with the sponsors, not email. Email has very low response rate when we're reaching out to sponsors. Hmm. Very low response rate. And it can feel spammy. And LinkedIn is where the sponsor decision makers are. So I actually have a little strategy I'll share with you and your listeners, Dan. Every day, I actually go on and find 10 companies that I love, that I would just love to be partnering with in some way at some point. And then I go and quickly research um, using titles like the company name and then sponsorship, the company name and community investment, the company name public relations. And I use those search terms in LinkedIn to find the people in that particular company that I should be connecting with. And then I send a non-salesy um, invitation to connect in LinkedIn. And I don't mention the word sponsorship. I just find that point of interest. So it might be, um, hi, Dan, I noticed you and I have a number of mutual connections and you put a post up about vacationing somewhere. I was there five years ago. I'd love to stay connected on LinkedIn. That might be one way. Or it might be, I'm a big fan of your brand. I actually use your product and uh, and recommend it wherever I go. I noticed we had some mutual connections on LinkedIn. And I welcome staying connected here. So not mentioning sponsorship. That's the way that we reach out. And then once they accept that connection request, quick message. Thanks for accepting the connection request. Look forward to staying in touch here. And then wait about a week or so. And then use LinkedIn to say, I would love to set up a quick call with you and learn more about your company and, and the types of projects that you're pursuing and audiences that you're looking to get in front of. So again, no mention of sponsorship. And if they work in sponsorship, they kind of know that's why you're contacting them. But we're not using salesy language or sponsorship. We're using relationship language. And that will help you stand out. Oh, I love it. Relationship language. I, I, I don't know if that's, uh, that's a term I've heard before. But, you know, when I get on LinkedIn, people want to connect with me. Two seconds later, there's an automatic message that pops up that says, I, I do this and we help this and you want to hop on the call. It's like, okay, I, uh, I'm, I'm deleting those people. So I love the idea exactly. of relationships. Because you know, it's kind of funny. Someone reached out to me the other day and I said, oh, we have this person in common. I teach at NYU. He teaches at NYU and you know, we want to connect. I said, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. So I wrote back and they're in marketing and I'm in marketing. So I wrote back mm -hmm. to them and said, 
that's funny, you know, my brother actually teaches in the dental school and my nephew actually is a sophomore there. And my mother went there and was a Phi Beta Kappa. And I would have gone to NYU, but I got accepted to Northwestern early decision. So I didn't. And I thought, that's relationship language. And again, I'm not yeah. looking to sell her anything. She's not looking to sell me anything. And she wrote back and said, oh, that's nice. And we're like, that's sort of a two-word answer to like a 30-word message. And I said, message. relationship abused. I don't know if that's yeah. I want an equal kind of, like, you want to, you want to yes. be my friend, put some effort into it. <laughs> yeah, actually, what you're saying here is really important for all of us to remember is that Sponsorship is kind of the result of a collaboration. It's an outcome of partnering and working together. And you are just bang on, Dan, when you talk about the relationship, that it's got to feel mutual. And this is where that um, we need to really look at the best fit partners and the people who share your values, where there feels like there's alignment, where it... um, where there is mutual interest. I'll give you an example. There was a sponsor that we really want to work with on a project I'm doing right now. And they're in the banking industry and lots of alignment. And it took me quite a while to get the relationship going, but we now have relationships with two sponsorship directors in that organization. And they both work on different areas of sponsorship. So we're having calls with both of them. And then after the, we call them discovery calls. After the discovery calls, They weren't sure if our project would fit into their priorities. And this is where the research is really important. So I studied that brand. I followed their social media. I looked at everything they're doing in the community. And he said, I just know I'm not. I love your project, but I don't know if I see the synergy, Charmaine. And so when I was able to identify projects they had partnered and sponsored in the past and draw linkages to what I was doing now, he said, oh, I get it. So initially, they weren't going to get on the phone call with us again and just, you know, loved what we were doing, but it wasn't a fit. But then when I helped put the puzzle pieces together for him, now we're on a call again next week. And so that happens from relationship. But here's what I did in between. I happened to actually be on Facebook one day. And because I follow the companies that I would like to have a sponsorship or collaborative relationship with, I noticed that he was being interviewed on a podcast. So I had a quick listen. And it was a fantastic interview. I learned a lot more about the company than I knew from the first couple of calls with them. But I just popped him a quick email to say, I I just heard your podcast. This was incredible. And the story you told about such and such is one that needs to be repeated. And, uh, you know, he responded immediately and said, thanks so much for noticing. We should hop on a call soon. (laughs) Thought, Great, we should. (laughs) And that's what happens when you focus on relationship not the end result. That's fascinating. You know, you've been in this business a long time, and I'm curious, and I hope I phrase this question the right way. Yeah. Um, do you have this magic Rolodex of people that you've worked with for years, and they, they call you, and they say, hey, we're launching a new initiative for blah, blah product, and do you have anyone who can reach that audience? Or conversely, do you say, oh, I just got to i got a new client who's interested in blah, blah products. Well, I am to have, you know, five companies that I've worked with over the last umpteen years that uh, love to work with these kinds of clients. Do, do, does that happen organically for you? It, it does. And again, it's when you just, when you focus on relationship. But the other thing that's really exciting that happens is that when you focus on relationship, 
and you work well with these partners and sponsors, even if they can't help you, don't dump them. If, if they feel like this happens all the time, somebody says no, and then the sponsor seeker says, thank you, you know, hope we can work together again. And then the sponsor never hears from them again. So it's sort of like you broke up with them. <laughs> just because they, you know, they weren't able to help you. So don't break up with them if you really want a relationship. But what will often happen is that when sponsors like what you're doing, they see a fit with your book or your event or your podcast, and they, they're not sure what that fit is, but like how it will look, but they see the fit. What will often happen as you continue building the relationship is the sponsor might say, you know, I'm wondering if this would be a good connection for you. We just had this last week. One of the sponsors were in, I think, our fifth discovery call with them because sponsorship takes is a process. And she emailed me back and she said, by the way, I was just at a meeting and there's five companies that we work with closely that I think would love your project as well. Can I introduce them? So now we have proposals out to three of those five. And it would have taken me months to build relationships. And two of those businesses, I didn't even know anything about until she made that personal connection. Fantastic. As we wrap up here, can you, can you tell us who your ideal client is and how they can get in touch with you? You bet. Well, we love working with authors and speakers and podcast hosts because, you know, they are in the business of getting a message out there. And that's really appealing to sponsors. So that's a great audience. Also nonprofit organizations and charities we work with as well to help them build their, um, raise their dreams through sponsorship. And, and the best way to get a hold of us is at raiseadream.com. That's the website and we're the same handle on social media. Fantastic. Thank you for being with us today and sharing terrific information. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.